Hi teachers. Last week our Australian Prime Minister recorded a message for teachers and I think it's fair to say it had a mixed reception. Well today I want to record a message for you and um, I hope that it will resonate. I've been hearing from a lot of you in comment sections and PMs and DMs on social media and in the coaching sessions that I've had with teachers over the last month or so uh, and I'm seeing some themes emerge and I, I want to speak to them. So in case you don't know me, I'm Ellen, I'm a teacher and a wellbeing coach for teachers and the founder of Self Care for Teachers and the host of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Um, so some of you have begun term two last week, some of you start tomorrow, uh, some of you have another week or so left of holidays. Um, in any case, you don't need me to tell you that we are beginning term two and looking into the uh, rest of the school year facing terms unlike we have ever seen before. There are a lot of mixed emotions right now uh, and that's really what I want to talk about today. So I know that many of you are really scared. Um, you're scared for yourselves and your families uh, and your students and their families and for the country, right? I know that you're exhausted mentally and physically and that you've been working really, really hard behind the scenes to pull off what can only be described as a miraculous uh, complete change in curriculum and, and variety of de delivery options of curriculum behind the scenes. And this has really actually added to the invisible work that teachers already do. Teachers and school staff already do a whole lot of invisible work behind the scenes that doesn't get seen or recognised um, in normal times, let alone during a pandemic. And I know that you miss business as usual as much as everyone else in the community and that uh, as much as you would like to go back to normal class routines, um, you are worried and legitimately so about there not being enough soap and hand sanitizer in your school and there being too many children in classrooms to be able to comply with social distancing measures and about the impact of that on actually undermining the overall social distancing me measures that we are undertaking as a country. I know that that's what your primary concerns are. And I also know that you're really worried as well about having to be so strict with students that do come to school about that distancing and the ways that it might impact on them socially and emotionally, especially if they're too young to really understand what's going on. Um, and I know that you miss your students and that the normal, you know, anticipation and looking forward to going back to classes as usual at the start of this term isn't happening and there's a lot of uncertainty and you miss the regular routines and the relatively carefree way that classrooms used to run and you miss that just as much as the students do and the, and the families and the parents of your students. And I know that you are hyper, hyper aware uh, and increasingly concerned about the students in your school who are most at risk um, and for whom this crisis has made things even riskier. They were at risk before, they were disadvantaged before, and this has only amplified that. And I know you don't need the Prime Minister to remind you of that because I know you've been losing sleep over those children your entire teaching career, long before COVID-19 reached Australia's shores. And I know that many of you are also really glad to get back to work this week, um, to leave the house, to have social interactions with people who are not in your household, uh, and you know, to have some semblance of normal routine in this time of really strange and uncertain uh, quarantine. And I also know that many of you are feeling a whole lot of other more insidious, more difficult, more challenging emotions right now because 
of the situation of the pandemic in this country, but also of the way that it's been handled uh, and communicated about um, by politicians and the media and responded to by some some segments of the Australian public. Not all, but some segments. Um, so there's the ever-present anxiety that the situation in general you know, triggers in us, but there's also the frustration um, about the conversation around education and schools that has really been playing out both on a national scale, you know, with politicians and media, but also in a small scale in small pockets in your school communities and social media networks. Um, And I know that many of you, like me, feel resentful and suspicious uh, and frustrated by the Prime Minister's message to teachers last week, Um, buoyed by the critiques of it from some sectors of society, but um, also really heartbroken at heartbroken at some of the uh, ensuing teacher bashing that happened on social media and in news media and in in small pockets but there was some of that that we saw last week and it just you know confirms what a lot of us have already known which is that some pockets of society are not teacher advocates they're not teacher supporters and um, that's really heartbreaking to kind of have that confirmed and I know that you deeply empathize with the parents um, of, of not just your students, but of all students who are trying to juggle supervision of their children's, you know, schoolwork at home while also maintaining their own workload from home um, and juggling financial struggles and, and trying to keep everybody, you know, fed and clothed and watered and somewhat uh, sane in this kind of cabin fever situation that we're all in. Um, and I know that you really, you get that because because of course you do, because you're used to juggling your own workload and that of children's schoolwork. And so more than they possibly realise, teachers really do understand how challenging that is for parents. Um, And I know that you're really touched by a lot of the tributes that have been flowing in from, you know, parents who have finally realised or have a renewed understanding of the complexity of teachers' work and the value of that in society. Um, And you're also really, really hurt uh, and in some cases insulted by Uh, the lack of understanding that some segments of our population have shown and still show um, despite the extraordinary efforts that you have gone to and your your schools have gone to um, and education departments have gone to behind the scenes to make this work that is being sent home as user-friendly and accessible as possible in really, really difficult circumstances. And then I know that you feel guilty about all those mixed up feelings um, and you tell yourself that you should be coping better or, you know, you should be more positive or you shouldn't be looking forward to going back to school tomorrow because this is a scary situation and you shouldn't be looking forward to that or that you shouldn't be so angry or hurt or insulted. Uh, there's no shoulds here, right? Feelings are not right or wrong. They just are. And that's okay. It's all valid. All those feelings can exist in you at once. It's confusing, but it's possible. Because it is, right? And that's okay. All of that can exist with all the rest of this messy middle of this incredible time in history and and your specific place and perspective within it. I see you, teachers. I'm proud of you and I see you. And I have a message for you about this next term that we are facing. Firstly, I want to reassure you, I mean, I'm not a scientist, or a medical professional, or a politician for that matter. Um, But I do want to reassure you that here in Australia, we are not in the dire straits that many of our brothers and sisters around the world are. 
Australia's situation is very, very different from the UK and the US and elsewhere. And I know many of you are afraid for your safety and hygiene and for that of the school communities in which you work. I get it. And we're not out of the woods yet by no means. There's no place for complacency. And we still need to take this pandemic very, very seriously. However, it is important to keep the local facts in mind. And at the time of recording this, right before term two starts in Australia, our number of cases are going, uh, not, they're not increasing exponentially anymore. The, the curve is going in the right direction. So definitely we need to keep informed about the situation around the world, but we also have to stay focused on here and now where we live and what the situation is in your particular state, in your individual community, um, and then just take one day at a time, each day at a time. So I really want you to be very careful and gentle with your mind and your heart and with your social media use. We all know this is an incredibly difficult time and it's impacting every person on the planet, literally. And the difficulties and challenges are different for different sectors and different parts of society. And of course, as we've said, people who are already disadvantaged are being increasingly disadvantaged by this situation. In many ways, this is actually a very delicate time in terms of teacher status and public, profession, public perception of our profession. And as much as we hope that people behave respectfully about teachers, we also need to continue to be professional as well. It's more important now than ever. So please be extra, extra careful where and with whom you share your anxieties. This is good to do in general, even in non-pandemic situations, because not everybody is psychologically safe. And, and by that, I mean, not everybody is actually trustworthy at the best of times um, to share your private feelings, your hopes and dreams and your fears with. Um, and I'm sure that you can all think of people in your family and in your workplace and in your broader school community that, you know, you feel worse after talking to them. Um, so that's at the best of times. This is not the best of times. So especially at this time when anxieties are running so high, you need to be really, really aware of where and with whom you share uh, and what content you are engaging with that may be fueling your own and other people's anxieties. I've seen a lot of posts floating around, um, you know, about teachers' anxieties and comparing schools with, you know, cruise ships um, and classrooms with uh, various other types of public situations, pubs and clubs and that sort of thing. Um, and also about the number of teacher deaths that there have been overseas um, from keeping schools open. And I, I totally get where those posts are coming from, but they are not accurate comparisons to Australia, to the situation we are in currently. Classrooms are not like cruise ships, you know, and our national situation is not like that of other nations who didn't take action soon enough. Uh, some of that is luck, just based on distance and that sort of thing. And some of that is because our government has taken really strong action and we are seeing results of that. We are, you know, slowing this curve. So I want you to be especially mindful of the way that posts like this fuel your anxiety and anxiety of other people um, and the way that that anxiety also interferes with your ability to think critically and evaluate sources and, and fact check and that sort of thing. That's literally what anxiety does in the brain, what the stress response does is it kind of shuts down some of those critical thinking faculties. Um, so please just pause and think before you share 
fact check before you share and do a bit of a gut check around is this actually feeding anxiety is this actually helping is this a is this a a useful post to share is it helping me um because the thing about anxiety is that it's contagious uh having a psychologically space safe space to debrief is incredibly important and and very very helpful but again not everywhere and not every um, you know, person is psychologically safe. And we have to be hyper aware of that at the moment. Um, because if in sharing that ends up being not psychologically safe, if it ends up, you know, sparking a comment war on social media, or if the person you are sharing with for whatever reason cannot hold space for you, it can actually make you and others feel worse. And that's not what we want right now. And I would never, ever suggest suppressing your feelings or, um, you know, bottling things up or dismissing your experiences. Like I said, there's no room for shoulds here about how you should feel. Um, All your feelings are valid. They are. Your fears and this situation, it's serious and it's ongoing and it's filled with uncertainty and change. And remember that your colleagues and your school leadership and students and parents and other members of the school community are going through a similar crazy mix of emotions and they're going to be dealing with their anxiety very differently as well but we all have individual choice about how we engage with and manage our anxiety and we have a role to play in stopping the spread of you know the fear-mongering but also just the the general uh anxiety that is going on at the moment and we have a, a role to play in stopping the spread of that you know trying to limit that contagion just as we are trying to limit the contagion of the virus again it's not about fake it till you make it or some kind of toxic positivity where we uh, bypass our difficult feelings and pretend like everything's okay it's not okay right this is not a a normal situation but uh, being mindful and measured with ourselves and with others is a really important form of self-care and community care at the moment so teachers i know you're very very good at doing this in the classroom with children you already have this strength and this skill so now is the time to call on it to support yourself and other adults around you Uh, both those in your immediate household and your workplace and those you are connected with just digitally via social media sitting with uncertainty is not easy sitting with anxiety is not easy Uh, it's extremely challenging And I know that together we can acknowledge that and we can sit in this discomfort and we can employ self-care responses to these challenges. So the Prime Minister has made it clear that you have a very important role to play in Australian society as teachers. We all knew this already, um, but in many ways the COVID-19 pandemic has really illuminated that for the whole of society to see. It's exposed some of the invisible work that teachers were already doing and it's amplified the pockets of society who uh, are most at risk but who it's also amplified the people who don't value teachers or education and that's really uh, disappointing and heartbreaking but we can also choose to let it empower us we could sink to that level uh, that some of those commentators are describing and we could let it get us down or we can rise up a rising tide lifts all boats i know that teachers are passionate capable professionals who want to shift this tide. I also know that many teachers already push through and soldier on in difficult situations and let themselves get depleted physically and emotionally 
for the sake of the kids or for the sake of the to-do list or a bit of both. I really understand that instinct. I have been that teacher and I work with those teachers in my coaching practice. I know how tempting it is to ignore your own needs for the sake of some short-term deadline to get the work done. But I implore you not to let that be your approach this term. So the Prime Minister made a plea to teachers last week. Well, I'm making one now. Teachers, your health and well-being, your self-care matters now more than ever. As many politicians and media personalities have pointed out recently, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And while we are in a relatively good position compared to many other countries around the world, you still need as many of your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual resources you know, online and as topped up as possible in order to support yourself and others in this time. Don't let self-care become an afterthought, even though the workload is great. The pressures are immense. The needs of your students are so important and so huge right now. But don't let your own needs become an afterthought. Remember that the airplane safety message that is so often invoked when we talk about self-care, about fitting your own oxygen mask before helping others, Remember that that is specifically shared on airplanes about what to do in case of an emergency. In case of a crisis situation, you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you go about helping others. Well, we are in a crisis situation individually and collectively, and you need to fit your own oxygen mask first now more than ever. It's more important. That message is more important now than I think it has ever been in the beginning of any other term that I have been running self-care for teachers, which is nearly five years now. So... Uh, I know how difficult it is. I know how in normal situations, uh, how much teachers struggle to do that at the best of times. Now is the time. My plea to you teachers this term is to keep your self-care, keep fitting that oxygen mask first, keep it at the top of your priority list because it is so, so important for us to continue to uh, survive this situation and to continue to have the resources that we need to be able to show up for ourselves and for each other. And in these times, I'm specifically meaning taking care of your mental and emotional health as much as your physical health. That's what I mean about being really mindful on social media about what posts you share, how you engage with things and whether or not that's, you know, helping doing a gut check, whether or not that's actually helping your anxiety or is it making things feel worse for you and perhaps for others as well. So remember the basics. We know as teachers, we know that kids don't learn very well or, or function very well if they haven't had much sleep or if they haven't had any breakfast or lunch or if they're just not psychologically safe, let alone physically safe. Um, if their basic need, needs aren't met, we know the impact that has on kids. Maslow's hierarchy comes before Bloom's taxonomy. We know that when we talk about our children, but it applies for adults too. Take care of yourself from that bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then work upwards. It's not about perfection. It's, it's just about doing the basics. So practice good sleep hygiene. You know, turn your devices off at least 30 minutes before bed and try and do something calming to try and rest the nervous system a little bit and allow you to actually slip into a good night's sleep or as, as good as possible. Um, have regular meals. Lunch is not a luxury, teachers. Make sure that you're having regular meals to really fuel you throughout the day. Um, take time, try to take time to move your body every day. It doesn't have to be an intense workout, but just keep the, the body moving. It really does help with managing of anxiety and, and, and moving that adrenaline through you and that sort of thing. Um, and it's just generally good for your well-being. 
Um, spend time in nature if you can. You know, a, a, a nice gentle walk in the morning or in the evenings is going to be hopefully a, a good mix of those last two. So a bit of movement, a bit of nature. It's good for your body, mind and soul. Um, and set some boundaries around your use of digital devices and social media um, because it will help. It will help. Set some boundaries, whatever that means to you, to just try and keep some uh, awareness of the here and now where you actually are um, and not getting sucked into the, you know, the virtual world completely. And of course, you know, most importantly, really focus on, on genuine and deep connections with loved ones um, and with people who are psychologically safe and who make you feel good. Uh, and whenever you remember throughout the day, pause and take some big, deep breaths. That's also really important for your mental and physical well-being. So they're really, really simple things that you can do, but try and just keep them on the agenda every day. Um, take one day at a time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. One step at a time. We take one day at a time. Try and stay here and now. There's so much uncertainty and conflicting advice. Um, and yes, there are some disappointing messages from certain pockets of society. Um, but teachers, let's not focus there. Let's make a conscious, empowered choice to keep our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our souls on what matters most, you know, and that's on looking after ourselves and each other and then doing the best that we can in the situation that we're in, the best job that we can for our students and for each other and for the nation. And I know you can do it. I believe in you. I see you. I'm proud of you, teachers. So going into term two, my plea to you is that you remember that you are a person first and a teacher second, and you are worthy of your own care now more than ever. May you be a beacon of inspiration for your colleagues and encourage others to do the same. See you later.